You are listening to the Regenerative Paradox Podcast, hosted by the co-founders and owners of Paradox and Consulting, Ashley Sloan and Ariana Thornton-West. We are working towards achieving our vision of a world where being a strong steward of the environment, an investor in workforce and community, and a profitable business is no longer a paradox. Rather, the ability to operate with people, planet, and profit in mind is seen as resilient, smart business. We are so excited you're here. Now let's get to today's show. Hello, and welcome back to the Regenerative Paradox Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Ariana. Today, we are going to be doing kind of like a case study and kind of a discussion, a little hybrid model. So a big part of our mission at Paradoxum is giving back and giving back to our community. So every year we take a portion of our profits and we put them back into the community through a different organization. And this year, our local YWCA was doing a really cool and creative campaign called Adopt-A-Room. And what this was is that the YWCA recently finished construction on 54 units of affordable permanent housing and they needed help furnishing these units. So they turned to the community and they said, hey, come adopt a room. We've got lists of supplies that our tenants will need. Purchase the supplies, donate money, help us to furnish these apartments. And we were like, "Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Let's help with that. Awesome organization, great cause, um, helping folks move out of homelessness. Um, And so as we decided to participate in this project, we wanted to do it in a way that felt true to us and our values. And so we made a very conscious effort to purchase supplies that were local, environmentally conscious, and that were durable. So they would last and they wouldn't be disposable or thrown away after a couple of uses. So we decided to do a podcast episode on this because we ran into some challenges as we were trying to purchase local and sustainable and durable. Um, And we wanted to kind of share those challenges and share our experience uh, and kind of go from there. It was challenging though. I think when Ashley, you know, brought this opportunity up as our way to give back this year, it was super exciting, right? Like we being able to, and we chose a bathroom. So the the room that we chose was a, a bathroom and it was super exciting. And then we started digging into it. And I think as we often find, it's not as easy as we hope to find sustainable products and to find affordable and sustainable products. Cause as we kind of walk you through it, we'll talk about that to kind of that forward thinking around like when this person who is living in this housing needs to refill or repurchase, are we kind of pricing them out of being able to continue what we've set up for them? So that was also a consideration. So it was fun and challenging and definitely we felt like an experience worth sharing because it highlights some of those areas where, um, you know, we'd like to see something different in what's available to us and at what cost is available to us at um, as consumers. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad that you brought up the cost of the items, not just for us as an organization, but also for the folks that will be using the products. So we selected a bathroom and the YWCA did an awesome job. They had rooms you could choose, 
a list of items that they needed for each room, and then like an estimate of the cost that it would be for those items. They also had like Amazon wish lists for each room. So you, if you wanted to, you could just purchase right from Amazon and have the items sent to the YWCA. Obviously, in our efforts to do local, we opted not to utilize Amazon. What was interesting is that price comparison mm. and how, as we were looking for more sustainable, environmentally friendly products, they are naturally more expensive. Um, and so we were concerned about, right, so if we purchase tooth powder instead of toothpaste, will the tenant be able to purchase tooth powder again or natural deodorant or whatever it is, right? So we reached out to the coordinator of the project and we were like, hey, this is what we want to do. Is this a good idea? Is there a way for the tenant to be able to continue having access to these products? And they said, yes, we, we have tenants who are very interested in these types of things. And we're also collecting financial contributions to be able to help supplement and purchase things ongoing. And so it was great that they recognized that one different people have different interests and different um, products that they want. And two, that there are ongoing costs, right? Toothpaste, shampoo, all of that is going to need to be refilled or repurchased. Oh, yes. Um, so our first stop on our shopping adventure was a drop in the ocean. Of course. <laughs> uh, and they did a phenomenal job of putting together basically like a list. So they put together, I think it was four, right? Four different packages um, that we could choose from that aligned with some of the items that were needed. Um, so we were, we were able to, I get, I don't know what, probably half of our list that way. Does that sound right? Yep. It was actually super great. I sent them the list from the YWCA and then they just pulled together those packages of all the products they had that fit the boxes with pricing. And yeah, I think we got almost, we got all of the like personal care items. Mm -hmm. Some of the more challenging things like uh, towels and shower curtains and things that they don't stock. Mm -hmm. uh, we obviously weren't able to purchase from them. <laughs> So we did things like, um, yeah, there were toothbrushes, tooth powder. There were some like natural cleaners, Ooh, soap, shampoo, yeah, soap, shampoo, conditioner, lotion, maybe there's lotion and they all came in either like glass or, um, like aluminum type bottles and they're all refillable. So they offer that service, right? A drop in the ocean does where once you've used it you can um, purchase like the refill. So they'll take your empty one and, and give you a new one and then, you know, cleanse and reuse that container. So that, that was cool. That was a great way to accomplish um, about half of our list. And something else amazing, just because a drop in the ocean is incredible. They gave us a $10 discount on our order uh, because it was going for a good cause. Um, so I would just recommend if you're doing something similar or you're looking to buy something for a charity donation, talk with your, your business neighbors, right? Uh, because usually they provide excellent service, excellent products, and they can often do um, bulk pricing or um, offer some type of package deal. Yeah, that was probably the easiest part. The rest of our shopping experience, not so 
<laughs> I wasn't. I panicked a bit. But um, and then the two other places that we sourced from were Grocery Outlet and then Target. So I will speak to my shameful Target experience. But Ashley, how and why did we choose a Grocery Outlet? And then what did you purchase from there? So we picked Grocery Outlet because they are owned by local people. Not all of the products are sustainable. It's not really like an environmentally friendly company when I when I think of them. They get overstock from other places and then they resell it. Um, but they're all owned by local families. So it's not really like a bed, bath and beyond. They didn't have everything we needed, um, but they had a few things and they had things that fit within those guidelines that we were looking for. So they had some items that were more environmentally conscious and things that were durable. I purchased towels, hand towels, washcloths, and a, a shower curtain liner. And they were um, a, a brand that was manufactured more sustainably. Um, and I thought that was a really cool part of the experience because that was something you knew that I didn't, that the grocery outlets were like locally owned. So that was like a really, you know, neat way to learn something about, you know, the ownership of the businesses around us as well. And timing worked out in a way that when we were doing all of this, I was also out of town. <laughs> and so I left those items for Ariana to pick up. And then she ventured into Target mm-hmm. for the remainder of the items, because honestly, we couldn't think of where else to go. Like there isn't a, pl- there might be a place. We aren't aware of a place where you can find all of these like home goods in one spot. So I think that is an important part of the the story too, is that it, it felt a little bit overwhelming that we had to get all of the items from so many different places. And that's prohibitive too, right? Like if you're trying to outfit your space, having to go to multiple stores is stressful. I also want to add here that the YWCA wanted new items only. They did not want anything thrifted or used, which totally makes sense for this environment. But like if it was Ariana or I personally, we would probably thrift some of these items. Um, And so that's just something to keep in mind as to why maybe we had to go to so many different places and why it maybe felt a little bit more challenging to stick within our guides. Yeah. Absolutely. And the, and the budget too. Cause I think by the time we were doing like that last bit of, um, shopping, we still needed like a waste basket, um, like actual, like full size towels, um, like a plunger, toilet cleaner and the actual shower curtain. And I think there may have been one other thing on there too. And a very true part of it, right? Like at this point we had spent, spent some time sourcing, had gone to different places, had made an order And in true Ariana fashion, it is the day before it is supposed to get dropped off, you know, and I'm like, you know, internet searching where I'm like, where can I get these different things? Where do I take the least amount of trips? Because now we're also factoring in some transportation here and and time um, and affordability, right? Because there are other places we know that I could have went and got all of this um, stuff, but we we definitely went more towards the, the cap of our budget for it which is fine. And we were, we were intentional about how we did that. So yes, by the time I got to target, I only had those like what five things left on the list. Took me an hour and a half because 
you know, I'm like comparing all the labels I'm looking, I'm like, does this really feel, um, durable, which is something I love about thrifting is you get an opportunity to see how something wears, uh, which when you buy stuff new, it just really feels like a gamble because it looks like quality and then it falls apart after you wash it three times. So yeah, like figuring out what was the most, um, durable. And then I always get nervous purchasing things for other people. I'm like, do, do the colors match? Someone's going to want to look at this for a really long time. And then I did try to opt with, cause Target does have some brands that are, you know, stayed away from plastic, went more for cloth, um, went for organic cotton, things that used less water. Um, and then being very mindful of those conversations that we've had before, um, especially with like Christina from the drop in the ocean around, greenwashing and being like, you know, is it just the label or is this something that was truly sourced and manufactured in a more environmentally and socially conscious way? We ended up creating really, a really great compilation of all of the items. Um, And I think we were able to stay true to what we were hoping to accomplish. It was sort of exhausting though. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) Uh, and not that we weren't happy to do it because we totally were, and it was kind of fun also. Um, but I think it's a really good example of how there are a lot of barriers that exist to accessing these types of items, especially on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think reflecting on it and talking through it now, there were a lot of lessons in this experience around creating some of like the pieces that you feel like are missing in the system, which makes me think about Retacoma, right? Like working to create the spaces that just don't easily exist for folks, as well as giving yourself like kindness. And, and as you're moving towards a more like sustainable and regenerative way of doing business, really natural, like integrating into your existing natural systems and not seeking to just like tear it all down and start over because that, things are just not easily and readily set up or affordably set up for most of us as people and businesses to make these changes. Um, so it really is about just integrating it as you can, where you can and making that transition, I guess. Yeah. And I think too, it kind of brings up, there's a lot of things that come to my mind, but one is that just transparency component and how that can be really powerful, uh, both Uh, for consumers and also from a business perspective. And I think it also brings up how can we as business owners be more innovative and help our customers to live that life that they want to live, right? And I don't know that there's like one, one person can't change the whole system and one person can't save the day with this, um, but it's those individual people making consistent efforts and also collaborating together. Uh, Because honestly, our experience with a drop in the ocean for this was awesome, right? They put together that list for us and then dropped it off. Like they delivered the products. um, And it was, that was the least stressful part of the whole. (laughs) (laughs) It was. And I think you're totally right. Like that, that knowledgeable piece and really leaning on your community because I am, you know, and, and just like being reasonable with ourselves about like the time investment, but we probably could have like done a better job reaching out to our community and having people like help facilitate, you know, more of that for us, or even, you know, sending a message to grocery outlet or target and being like, Hey, this is what you're looking for. Like help us see through your beautiful marketing and the aisles I spend too much time in and just tell me what is actually 
more sustainable and help me with, <laughs> help me out with that. But yeah, I think that's a great point to like really, you know, draw on and rely on your community to create more of what you're looking for. I definitely agree. I also want to just, uh, I have a thought in relation to that. <laughs> if I were to call up Target and ask that question, they would not have an answer for me. And I think that that just brings up and it goes back to that information transparency component, but like if we as business owners or our staff don't know the information about like what products are sustainable, what goes into all of these things, then it doesn't help our customers, right? Because we could talk to 20 people at our local Target and I don't think that they could actually tell us with any confidence what to do. And so not that that's a really helpful, like optimistic comment. I think that there, <laughs> there's hope in it, right? Because we have the power to make those changes and to do it differently. But I think we also need to recognize that current systems are not operating in a necessarily helpful way in that regard. That This is where I am now thinking that we need to purchase some small microphones or thrift some small ones and like actually do this or or call up and see right because I I do I don't think you're wrong I think that's probably exactly how it would play out and I do know that we've been pre pleasantly surprised sometimes by those people who are making you know there's that one target employee that's like yes <laughs> that knows it all but that would be kind of a fun and interesting thing to do to really like I know sharing the experience is helpful but really you know, do a live version of it where we really walk people through it. What is that? Like secret shopping? Yes. Secret sustainability shopping. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm serious. I'm here for that. But I think that there's another, another piece too. When we, when we talk about information is that end of life of the product. So when we interviewed Christina about greenwashing, she shared that all of her information on her website talks about here's what to do at the end of this product's life. Um, and I've seen that on some packaging, but it's not a very common practice. Um, and so I think that that's just an additional way. And I know that isn't really, sometimes I feel like that process needs to happen further upstream than we necessarily have control over. And I, it's a heavy burden to put on a business owner, especially if they sell a lot of different types of products. That's just like another piece of that information puzzle. I like that. And it is helpful too. And I know we talk about that a lot with like Christina's information she provides and like her emails and her newsletters around just really empowering folks with information. Um, because otherwise, if you're relying on like what's on the label, it's often not very helpful. Like Ashton, I can tell you, and if you're listening, you've probably experienced this as well. Um, all the different conversations we've had with folks where they're recycling something and they go, yeah, it's recyclable. It has a symbol on it. And I'm like, oh no. Wasn't fun when I learned it either, but here we go. <laughs> Were there any other takeaways or lessons from this experience? So we talked about cost earlier. Mm -hmm. The list that we got from the YWCA had like, here are the essentials and here are some like extra nice, like bonus things that you can purchase because of the price point of the other items that we got we weren't able to purchase all of those extra bonus things. I know we got a couple, mm -hmm. I think like, uh, I don't know if we mentioned this, but we had gotten some like cloth laundry baskets. And so those I think were on the bonus list. Um, but there were things that we just couldn't afford with our budget uh, because the price point on individual items was higher 
than it would have been for less sustainable or durable products. I think as far as like any other takeaways too, um, definitely that. And I, I think just like that reminder to be gracious with yourself. And it makes me think of that, like, um, good, better, best that you you always, that always sticks in my mind from when you talked about that. Cause it is really easy to get frustrated, confused, disheartened and be like, well, well, does it even really matter? But those changes, right. Asking the question, putting in the effort, it all accumulates and matters. So just, yeah, being kind with yourself and your business and, and how you're approaching things because it's not going to be perfect. And if perfection can be the enemy of progress sometimes. Yes. A hundred percent. And I think along that line too, we need to remember that making changes and choices where we can, when we can, and how we can is really what is important. And that's what makes a difference. And that's it for today, friends. We hope you've been entertained, inspired, and empowered. If so, be sure to subscribe to the Regenerative Paradox podcast channel and leave us a five-star review. As always, the information provided in this podcast is intended for general education purposes only and not meant for specific business consulting advice. You can learn more about Paradox and Consulting by visiting us at paradoxandconsulting.com or by sending us a message at hello at paradoxandconsulting.com. New episodes air every Friday. We'll see you back then.